from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. It is Thursday night. Unless, of course, you're listening to this or watching it in the future, in which case... How's my receiving hairline? Is it uh, kind of maintaining homeostasis or is it still on its way back? And also, is my beard filling in any better? Please let me know in the comments. It's Thursday night. We are going to do some legends look back. And uh, every now and then on the dark cesspool of the internet that is twitter.com, you stumble across something that blows your mind. And you're like, this, this right here is why I waste so much time on Twitter is because every now and then there's something that blows your mind and makes your day so much so that you're still talking about it weeks later. I think I stumbled across this particular video that we're about to air here on the show and discuss um, a couple of weeks ago. And it's one of those things where I have not been able to stop thinking about it since it has totally changed the way that I think about how I shelf and particularly unshelf my hardback books. So we're going to play this little video that was from uh, a Twitter account that I follow. It's very niche, making fun of like seminarians and church people for like pastors called Lloyd Legalist. Anyway, I think it's from his TikTok. It's one of these things that it ends up in your Twitter feed and you watch it and you see it and then you talk about it. Anyway, we're going to talk about it right now. Look at this particular video. And does this totally change the way that you think about how you get your hardbacks off the shelf. Freddie, I've been dying to show this thing to you, man. The idea is you try to pull a hardback off the shelf and you do it the wrong way. I'm going to grab the most beautiful Star Wars book ever printed, the hardback of Darth Bane, Rule of Two. Here we go. You try to take (laughs) this off the shelf from the corner. You grab this top little section. That's a good way to tear your books. These little suckers are a little flimsy, that little, you know, like what one millimeter strip of fabric that uh, is always the first thing to be torn on a hardback. He says, here's what you do. You actually grab from the back of the book, slide it out and tilt it toward you. Freddie, does this totally change? Do you just like want to go over to your shelves now and pull all your hardbacks off? Yeah. I, I usually just get the top of my bookshelf and I shake it to see what book comes down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a really good way to do it. (laughs) Uh, that's that's how we pick our legends look back episodes. Just kidding, we don't do that. <laughs> we have a but, very uh, meticulous process. <laughs> yeah, this, this it, it makes sense. But what happens when your book is just too big? You know, you got to put your pinkies in on the side and just kind of wiggle it in, You're and then need use like, it as, like pincers or what? Two hands to get the the Knights of the Old Republic omnibus off the shelf. I don't know why there's not like a like an app or some sort of you know service that can just provide you with like index cards that are like made of metal that you can just pry a book out. I don't know. You think there'd be something you would come up with a, a mechanical way to do that? Oh, like how goodness. many times are you grabbing the same book off the shelf where it would actually damage it? Oh, well, yeah. With as many times as I've had to take like Dark Empire off the shelf in order to tell people about it when they come visit my house, you do All a bookshelf right, tour fair. and you're like, this one's my favorite. Or <laughs> you yeah. reference it every single week on your podcast for two years. You know, <laughs> honestly, like the edges, the corners on my Bane trilogy, they're all a little bit worn. I'm discovering right now as I kind of feel them up while we podcast live on the air here. <laughs> um, right. What I'm discovering <laughs> is I don't have enough shelf clearance to get my hand to the top of the book on this particular shelf. It's just big enough for a, a hardcover. Would Jared so, 
hasn't told you is that when he goes to his church and he's giving his sermons, he's actually using rule of two. He's memorized the Bible. That's what he's doing right now. So he's actually reading rule of two. He's got it in front of him all the time. I've never quite done that. I will admit that like in a grad class that gets a little boring, I've been known to write articles for Utini, but that's only if like I've already mastered the material. You know what I mean? Or if it's like, you know, if I don't type something, I'll fall asleep. Or like if that that student that's talking that just loves to hear themselves talk. Yeah, yeah. Rick is not in the long. You know what I'm talking about. The oh, person yeah. who just oh, like yeah. needs to repeat what the professor said, even though we already all got it. That's so, what I'm like. You teeny that, time. That was me. Sorry. I don't remember you being that way, Rick. <laughs> oh, I'm always it's been the guy 10 years who has so many questions and is like, but wait, professor, you didn't give us homework. You know, I, I was that kind of guy just because I would rather know and have time than him to be like, where's your homework? You know, and so like I was seriously, I was that guy who um, I wasn't trying to be like a teacher's pet, but just like all about <laughs> over communicating and all that. So, yeah, I was definitely the obnoxious kid. It turns out that you're over communicating makes for a really good producer. Because you it. catch all the details, catch all the details. Good. So that has worked out to your favor. And hopefully yep. it works out to yours as well as we start this episode of Legends Look Back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. It's a Star Wars books podcast for people whose neckties are wider than a city street, where we celebrate our rich EU history, as well as dive into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined tonight back from the back to tank by Freddie C. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you guys? I'm, I'm, I have to say, you know, the, the announcement that we had yesterday, if you, if you or not yesterday, last week, uh, Emily, I am so thrilled to hear that and choosing us as the platform to tell the world <laughs> is fantastic. So... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm back from the back to tank and the whole time I just kept thinking, man, I cannot wait to get back to the show. So here we are. Oh, man, that was a seriously all time classic Utini podcast moment when Emily busted that announcement on us like and we did not see it coming. And, and if you go back and I've had to rewatch this thing several times, like show it to people or try to pull clips for socials. Um, if you look at the looks on mine and Rick's faces, like even after we get the right answer revealed. It takes about another minute for us to realize she just made a live pregnancy announcement on our Star Wars yeah. podcast. That was awesome. It took us a minute. I'm like typing in the chat a little bit. I'm thinking about the next question. And then I was like, when did you announce that? Oh, right now. Yeah. This is yeah, this moment. That was the moment. This was it. <laughs> I kept trying to bring it up, but sometimes it's hard to get a word in edgewise around here. So, you know. I have noticed that we each get uh, the episodes are going longer one and I'm having to talk less since we've added a fourth person to the show. So uh, that's good news for just about everybody, <laughs> including myself. We are also welcomed tonight by Emily Daybeck, Emily and her little one who you said was kicking before the show. You could feel them. It's exciting. Yes. So I'm uh, 16 weeks now, which is in the second of three thirds. There's the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. So I'm in like the honeymoon phase where I'm no longer throwing up everything. And, um, I can also start to feel baby kick, which is kind of fun because wow. that way, you know, they're alive. Um, cause it's kind of a big question when they're this yeah, small, um, you don't thing. know how well they're doing. So, um, yeah. And it's just kind of funny cause I haven't felt this in a long time. My daughter was born a few years ago. And so it's, uh, you know, 
just kind of weird now now that's happening again i'm like that was not anything that should be explained um anyway joys well, that was awesome but Thank y'all so much for the warm, uh, encouraging support. I did not really expect that. I guess I just thought we just kind of roll right past it, but everybody on the team, everybody in the chat, and you guys, of course, are just exceptionally supportive and it is very heartwarming. Thank you. You'll see how supportive we are based on your answer to this question. Are you open (laughs) to obscure legends names for (laughs) your unborn child? Um, I'll say we have not picked any names and I am open to different names. Um, It depends on how obscure and I would need some time to fully research these characters because I could just blindly walk into naming my child after Jackson with two. The biggest, the biggest problem would be getting my husband to agree. (laughs) That would be the biggest challenge, but I'm open to it. I mean, if you want to come up with some names, I'm happy to, uh, to consider them. She might have like a few Jim, after tonight. I feel like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. So that, what does he say? So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. You know who doesn't have a baby in their stomach, unless it's a food baby, is <laughs> my good friend and yours, Rick Grace. How are you, Rick? Hey, man, I'm good. And there might be a food baby. You never know. So I, I know that the numbers keep going up on the scale. And so, you know, there's good days and bad, but I'm glad to be here. My day is better now that I am among friends. Well, the only scales I want to see you climbing are the scales on your guitar over there in the background. <laughs> yes. I, we, we should talk about that sometime. I've got a number of weird instruments around here. I have a melodeon, which is like an accordion, a trumpet just laying around. And I actually I'm operating the show on a MIDI keyboard that has like drum pads to it. That's how I switch <laughs> our cameras. So I'm having lots of fun with the music world. Not that I'm very good musically. I just like playing with music, you know? We need uh, like... A behind-the-scenes video of how you're running the show on this MIDI keyboard because I'm intrigued. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, tonight we've got a fun show in store for you. I can't wait to get into it. Uh, the basic idea is, hey, we did uh, the Ladies of Legends last year. Just a couple of weeks ago, we did a crossover event with the Cosmic Force and the Living Force about uh, the women of Star Wars. We on Legends Look Back particularly talked about the women behind the scenes of Legends that helped the expanded universe come into existence uh, on the behind the scenes side. Uh, but, you know, we didn't want to leave the guys stranded out there on an island. So tonight we are talking about the machoist of macho men in Star Wars. We'll be uh, poking a little bit of fun, but also celebrating what is to love about these characters. A bit of an introduction for those who might not know that some of these particular characters. And at the end, we'll have a battle royale. We'll see who could win in a fight and we'll talk about it. But first, Thracken's Thrift Store. Anybody have anything fun to show off tonight? Any new recent acquisitions in your collection? Freddie, you got something? I do. So I don't remember when I ordered this. Jared, I know you ordered it as well, and it finally came in today. It, it feels like it's been two years. Oh, so I've got it right here in front of me. Can you ch- can you see what that says right there? No way! That... <laughs> you ready? Boom. There it is. He's got the, if you're an audio listener, the Limited run edition of Republic Commando for the Nintendo Switch. For the Nintendo Switch, exactly. Yeah. Did you get like the deluxe kit with all the gear and goodies? No, no, I didn't. I didn't need that. I just, I just needed the game, uh, especially the game on Switch. So, pretty excited to have this because I, I think, uh, is this the first time that it exists for Switch? I'm not sure. I think it came out a few months ago 
for Switch and Limited Run just took their time getting it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I've never played it, so I'm excited about that. I do, however, now have a Boss Funko Pop that says it glows in the dark. I always forget to check, and I should probably take it out of the box if I want to see that. But like, he's looking good in the box anyway. But also, just recently ordered the box black, the Boss Black series. Say that five times fast. So uh, I did check on my order status this week, Freddie, and it said we'll let you know when it's shipped. Nice. <laughs> Which I took as like good enough, <laughs> good enough. I've got something that uh, well, it's big, so I'm gonna have to grab it. Anybody else have anything in the meantime? Sure, I got something. Um, it's actually mine is for you, Jared. Uh, oh, fun. It's, it's actually like Christmas. It's not for you. That's all right. I misspoke. Don't don't expect anything from me. <laughs> well, Freddie got uh, me something one time and then decided to keep it because he liked it so much. That's fair. This is inspired by you, but it's nothing new. It's just been on my shelf for so long that it feels new. And that is uh, this beauty right here. Oh, um, man. And, oh, uh, gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, since you talked about that being your favorite story, I was like, I, it's been on my shelf for so long. I've heard so many great things. So I, I started cracking it open. I also have it on Kindle, but um, man, the colors just pop on page so much better. Of course, the colors are kind of weird, but um, tell our audio listeners what it is. So, yeah, that's the uh, this is the paperback of the Dark Empire. I think it's all all of the volumes. Uh, yeah, it's the collection. So uh, the complete story arc and all that. Um, and nice. uh, yeah, a beautiful it's, cover. I've never seen that cover. It's got I, dark. I've never seen it either. It's dark Luke. Um, yeah. In front of this the massive world devastator. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. The world devastator. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's it what like, it does, Emily. This, oh, the, the world devastator. It, it, vacuums, thing, it, vacuums, it vacuums up worlds. all the planet's resources. And then the empire can turn it into lasers. So <laughs> like if there's. Right. Can if turn the, the resources if, into lasers. Correct. Right. If it sucks up an X-wing, it just like trash compactors that x-wing into lasers and then blows up the planet with those resources isn't that right Freddie? it's about right <laughs> yeah it, it it basically just scoops up anything everything under it people whatever and it it uses those raw materials to like create whatever the i guess whatever the, the factory is whether it's ships or um yeah anything really <laughs> thanks thanks for the spoiler so alert guys how that works that's not a spoiler. There's way know, bigger spoilers, such as the one it. I gave last yeah, week. Palpatine tries to suck up the soul of Leia's unborn <laughs> children. That's a I've, big one. I've heard so many things about the story that it's probably not going to be that original. So the reason this is probably different looking is because it's actually a Great British or Great Britain print. Uh, oh, nice! It's a, a great. It's a Great British edition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Uh, it's at the price of it's got you know it's it's in pounds and so. Uh, Ah, nice. And it was published, yeah, printed in Great Britain. Um, oh, so, yeah. What I like about that, Rick, first of all, I love seeing people holding Dark Empire. Just makes me happy. <laughs> Second of all, I like that it's like mustard yellow, mm. which was the color of my seventh grade football uniforms. <laughs> nice. We were the the fighting chicks, the Chickasha fighting chicks, because that's a mascot. You could see us wow. coming a mile away in those yellow uniforms. Fighting chicks. That's right. The cool thing was, like, you, we wore them at school on Friday, you know, before the games. And if you spilled your lunch on there, didn't matter. It was already <laughs> mustard yellow. Nice. Well, let me know what you think, Rick. I'm excited to hear your review. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Emily, Thrack and Surf Store, you got anything? 
Nothing this week, but my daughter is all about those, that massive book haul I got a couple weeks back. She like every single chance she gets to come into the study, she like pulls them all out and like moves them places. At one point (laughs) I fell asleep on the couch and she pulled them all into the living room and started like piling them on me. That (laughs) actually is one of the more, like move them all. That's one of the more frustrating things about toddlers and Star Wars books is the good amount of order. (laughs) <laughs> and they take them off your shelves. At one point, I think when I first joined the team at Utini, I showed, you know, Corey my bookshelves. And um, all of my books were like chest high or higher. And below, there were just like some toys. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not going to lie. That's why my shelves are lined with toys, just so the kids will go for those rather than the books. <laughs> That's smart, Rick. That is smart. I did find my daughter doing church for my Watto Cup uh, topper the other day my cup toppers she was like what? leading them in prayers and singing like playing church and she like had Watto and young anakin and sebulba and that's yoda great. and they that's were like awesome. they so were precious. getting their spirituality that's for sure oh, now the thing that i have to show off proud moment i'm about to say the four words that are the scariest words i could possibly hear on legends look back other than the stream is dying that's a scary one <laughs> Um, other than i tripped over to the router <laughs> yeah well that wasn't four words it, the those the, the, the words i'm about to say are scary for me to hear but if i'm saying them it's okay and that's the thing i have to show have i already forgotten what the four words are dang it what is it it's not star wars but that's five words i got a white ranger helmet for halloween no way. And Dude. it is, uh, we're going as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. My family is this year for Halloween. Um, and my daughter, six-year-old, wants to be the White Ranger. Ooh. And, you know, wasn't going to bicker over the fact the White Ranger isn't female. Yeah, no. Just like, hey, you know, pick a color. It's fine. We'll put you in a costume. Nobody will care. Uh, I'm going as a Red Ranger. My two-year-old, three-year-old is uh, the Pink Ranger. My wife is the Black Ranger. And uh, when my daughter's White Ranger helmet came in, I could not have imagined like what good quality this would be. Mm. I have already spent like a good three hours in this thing with many more to come. <laughs> and against my will, mostly, which is like my daughter, like we, she's like, we got to play. We got to do this thing and do it right. Put your costume on. Um, <laughs> so three somehow Palpatine has returned. Those were the four words that Wes was recommending. <laughs> Nice. man that's glorious i told you though I, I i met jason david frank when i was a kid and i took like like a, like a karate lesson from him because oh, i wanted to be so in the power cool. rangers yeah i have an autograph with them i actually have a oh, i used to have a poster uh in my bedroom it was him like shirtless it was really weird now in hindsight that like this eight-year-old <laughs> kid had a picture of a shirtless dude with long hair but whatever and uh yeah like when I met him, it was the coolest thing ever. But the picture, I have a picture of me smiling and I'm like so distracted. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's great. But Rick, I have a request. Find yes. this picture and put it in the Legends Look yes. Back Discord channel, yes. please. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. People have shown us some personal photos of them meeting like celebrities such as Star Wars authors from time to time. But this is a good one. I don't know if there's any fan. Fan favorite character, you know, an actor who has represented a character in a fictional universe who has been as dedicated to their fan base as Jason David Frank. Mm. Uh, say what you will about Power Rangers and please let me know what you have to say as long as it's nice because <laughs> I will talk your ear off about it. Very dedicated to his fan base. Um, 
I'm a little jealous, Rick. So we're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, in tonight's segment of Legends Lookout, we're not going to rehash the list of what's coming out soon. There's stuff. It's going to be great. Some things have been delayed, so hold on to that. Don't get too angsty or anxious about it. There's a huge delay in the publishing cycle. Uh, we've got the Star Wars Insider Fiction Collection Volume 2, Legends Epic Collection, some Legends Omnibuy. There's a Boba Fett hardcover coming out, or softcover, but it's not a Marvel Epic Collection. It's a little confusing. Anyway, there's some <laughs> things coming out. They're mostly getting delayed a month or two at a time. So, like, be patient. There's plenty of Legends books to read in the meantime. There is one bit of breaking Legends news that we have to talk about on tonight's show, however. And, Freddie, I'm going to let you take it. There's a species that just made its yeah. canon debut. What is it? Yeah, I'm always a big fan of when when uh, Legends characters become canon. I mean, we're seeing it all the time. It's great. There's There's a lot of good content in Legends. You might as well pick from it. But guess who's back? Zeltrons. That's right, guys. Zeltrons are back in canon. So now what you are can Zeltrons? you can get um, overly excited in a not at all creepy way <laughs> uh, if you are reading canon or Legends comics. Yeah, what are Zeltrons? How would you describe yeah. them, Freddie? Because I'm not sure I've got an unproblematic way. To yeah, so. this is a tough one. Should I get uh, one? You know what? I'm just gonna read a. A, a line from, from the Wook from the Wook, so that okay. it, it's like it's it's you know I did this is not for me. Oh, this is from the Wook. I should not have asked that question. <laughs> um, let's see. Here we go, guys. Zeltron culture was highly influenced by sexuality and the pursuit of pleasure in general. Sounds about right. There we go. Really yeah, most of them they they have <laughs> their their skin skin color is red, ranging from light pink to deep red. Most of them were considered highly attractive by human, near human, or even some not so human standards, humanoid standards. They so you know they appear in a lot of you know very notorious legends comics all throughout from like the old school <laughs> Marvel run all the way up through Zeltron that plays a prominent role in the legacy run, hangs out with Cade Skywalker, and people are always like, Listen, if you're a Skywalker, why are you hanging out with Zeltrons? And he's like, Don't judge her just because she's a Zeltron. And also, she's hot. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot. There's a oh, lot Lando, of Zeltrons. Okay. Big fan of Zeltrons. So in, <laughs> in particular, this happened today in Ghost of Vader's Castle number three. Or so the story goes, because none of us have read it yet. But we had to make sure that we had something tonight for Legends Look Back. But before this gets any more awkward, we're moving on. Moving on. Uh, as we kick off Please the show too. tonight. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, I just saw Emily's face like. Maybe like a Zeltron. I was not prepared for that. We're supposed, for to, be, shades we're supposed of to be about pink tough and guys. Yeah, I know. Let's keep moving. And hold on. Uh, one more thing. I, I All just, right. Here I we wanna, go, Rick. I want to know what what Disney executive was like, man, there's so many mm. great things in Legends <laughs> that we should bring into canon. You know what? Let's get those kinky aliens back. Let's bring them back. Zeltrons, am I right? First, all right. First that's of all, that's a I'm really gonna, good point. Let's read I didn't even think about like somebody said that was okay. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Wow. We're they got to do it tastefully, I guess. Tonight's episode is now called In Defense of Zeltrons or <laughs> a Zeltron <laughs> Apology. And here's what oh. it is. They are a, a seminal legends species. <laughs> and they're easy to draw because they're just scantily clad women. They look like humanoids. And all you have to do is color them pink. So it's I like you don't, do. have to, That's it. you don't have to invent a new species. You just put them in skimpy clothing and color them pink. Hmm. Huh. 
Yeah. Okay. And so Kevin Scott, who has reintroduced them in Ghost of Vader's Castle number three, has loved paying homage to the old school Marvel comics. I see. Reintroducing uh, Hoojips and oh. Jackson and probably yeah. other yeah. things. And so um, That's true. this is good homage back to the old school Marvel series. I see. I and, feel better. I feel better. And canon has now the potential to recharacterize them. Just because you use the appearance doesn't mean that you have That's to go true. with like the shtick, right? Yeah. That's true. I stand by it. You know what else I stand by? This merch ad. We got some cool stuff that you can buy. And I might just, I've got a birthday coming up. Uh, Rebecca's grandmother just sent me $25. And so once that check cashes, I might be getting a new hoodie. We'll see. Let's find out. Let's see what we got, Rick. You know what's better than the merch ad? Is this really cool ad about the shows we have on YouTube? <laughs> Doing the wrong ad, notwithstanding. You know, not Rick's fault. It's mine. Um, we change them from time to time. However, there's still some cool merch you can buy tonight. I'm drinking out of my Legends Look Back. Nope. A Utini mug that's like, you know, kind of teal colors. Thought it was Legends Look Back this whole time. Apparently, I've never really looked at it. Just been drinking the stuff inside. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff over there. Always more to come. But tonight's episode, to be honest, is inspired in many ways by the crossover event we did earlier this summer. We did Shadows of the Empire, starring none other than, well, the guy who drives a knockoff money of Falcon called the Outrider, which he would be offended by that description, by the way, oh, but yeah. who could probably, his ego could probably bench press a Star Destroyer, don't you think, Freddie? Man, I'd, I'd go as far to, as to say he could probably bench press a whole planet with his ego. <laughs> Absolutely, right. And so I realized, like, honestly, there's a type here. This happens a lot in Legends, where you've got this character whose vibrato just leaps off the page, and you as the reader are, are like, on the one hand, fascinated, and on the other hand, annoyed. But you know that the author has a story arc, like they're wanting to do something with this, and that that vibrato is often a ruse, right? They're hiding something. Uh, there's more under the surface than that. And so one of the things I wanted to do in one of these days in Legends Look Back is I wanted just to, uh, for us to compare some of these very similar characters to see what they have in common, to see just how often this trope reappears in Legends, and uh, to introduce maybe some people to some of these characters if they've never read them. There's a couple in particular I'm very excited to share tonight. Uh, I want to hear people's picks. We saw some good picks happening in the Discord. Has some good picks happening on Twitter earlier today. Let us know who do you think is the toughest of tough guys in Legends. And so tonight we're going to do a rundown on who all of these characters are. We're going to discuss them, debate them, compare them to one another in... Well, like an epic arm wrestling competition yes. that's like irrelevant and outdated, right? Because it's, you know, and fictional. I can't be more excited. And we'll have a virtual arm wrestling competition. I'm feeling like Freddie could probably win it, but like Emily's got the strength of an unborn baby. So, yeah, the, there's the that. too, right? <laughs> there's like a whole thing body where... the power, one to crave it. That's that's fitting. <laughs> like Rocket Man. You ever seen the 90s comedy Rocket Man? Okay, uh, crickets. <laughs> well, we'll have a watch yeah. party, and we'll all watch Rocket Man. Just you, just you. Mothers have like there's this this like uh there's a legend that mothers have supernatural superheroic strength in order to save their babies when they're in trouble. Sounds right. So you're gonna put my baby in danger? No, that's like... all right. All right, we're digging digging myself <laughs> out of this hole. Let's let's talk some more about some some men of legends. <laughs> and as we do. 
Here's Let's the thing. We're going to poke a little bit of fun tonight. Disclaimer. We're poking some fun. We're having some fun with this. Here's the point. We're doing it because we love it. It's like you wouldn't want anybody to talk trash about your sister. I don't have a sister, but like theoretically, you don't want anybody to talk trash about your sister because, you know, they're your sister. However, you can joke about your sister because you love her. Are you with me? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so like, it's like, yeah, your, but your sense. friends that are buddies, right? Like you, there's like, hey, how are you doing, friend? And then there's the ones that's going to call you, uh, you know, the, the curse word, the, the name. And that's like, yeah, he, he, we've known each other since since birth, you know, like that's those, right. the ones the closer you are to someone, the more entitled you are to make fun of them. <laughs> so the criteria for tonight is we're going to poke a little fun. So hang in there, have some thick skin. We're saying all this because we love these characters. We're also going to celebrate them unironically at the same time. So like, got to be paying attention to know what's ironic and what's not. Uh, we are going to uh, be a little bit informative to introduce some of these characters. If you're not uh, totally familiar with who they are, we'll tell you where you can discover more about their stories. Um, and as we do so, do want to give the criteria that there will be characters that don't make the cut. Doesn't mean doesn't mean their egos are any less impressive. OK, um, the point is like, you know, hey, we can't go all night here. In particular, we're not necessarily talking about the quintessential pilots of Legends, people like Corin Horn, for example. In particular, we've tried to highlight characters that at least are the protagonist of a trilogy of something got to have three comics three comic series or you know three video games uh three novels Ooh. or or longer that's kind of been the criteria we're going with it's loose criteria but that's the criteria sound good freddie lead us off with your favorite star wars character yeah my favorite star wars character so we've got boba fett right off the bat and uh we we've man we've talked about him countless times on this show you can see there's a skateboard back there with him on it got the lego got to put that together um he first appeared in 1978's uh star wars holiday special where he rode a dinosaur well so, technically it's a mythosaur but like mythosaur. it counts right yeah exactly it counts it's it's a dinosaur you know uh at least when i was a kid it was a dinosaur uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few more things about him. He's he's definitely the silent and brooding type. Uh, his I guess every one of these characters has to have a power of some sort, right? Whether it's uh, an ace shot or a um, you know a, a, a pilot, the, one of the best pilots ever known. But Boba Fett, we've got his jetpack, uh, yeah. we've got his rocket launcher, his various assorts of of other weapons that he's got all over his entire body. And of yeah, course, there's a lot that didn't make the cut here. Yeah, lightsaber proof Mandalorian arbor, which is a big deal in itself. Uh, so that's that's our boy Boba Fett. Yeah. You know, Emily, did you have a question a second ago? I saw you pitching in with something. No, you just blew my mind. So I didn't realize that in the Mandalorian, when that guy was saying that he that your ancestors rode the legendary mythosaur, that's Boba Fett. That's what they're talking about. Uh, yes. Kind yes. In a sense. You know? In a sense, sense, yeah, yeah. So they, okay. they Mandalorians, uh, they tamed the mythosaurs on their planet and they used them as like war beasts. Uh, so in a sense, yeah, they, they like throughout Mandalore history, like the mythosaur is their war pet. Now, if you look up mythosaur, it's gotcha. basically a dinosaur. So yeah, in a sense, yes, like we see Boba Fett ride one in the Star Wars special, holiday special. Uh, but that's the so first time he rides one? Yeah, that's the first time we ever see a mythosaur. 
like that, that so like so Boba Fett's introduced before like the Empire out. Strikes Back. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which is uh, I think something that people often forget about is it it was his first you yeah. know movie debut, but he had this goofy cartoonish introduction. Uh, Rick, do we have the picture of Boba Fett on the Mythosaur from the holiday special? Would we up? consider no that um, uh, Legends? I'd like to consider that's a good it question. Legends. Well, it depends got- on your definition of legends is if if your definition of legends is there it is. So the faithful Wookiee, there's an there's now this. OK, we don't actually have the dinosaur like very visible in this, <laughs> but there is this new golden book that's coming out soon. That is an adaptation of the com of the, this particular animated short that's in the holiday special. So mm-hmm. the issue here is. Is this dinosaur, this goofy, wonky, like brontosaurus that he's riding in the holiday special, is that actually the same mythosaur that they like talk about in the Mandalorian? Do you think? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think it's, you know, it, it's just one of those things that was the holiday special was just silly in itself, right? The well, I'm, I can't remember if I've seen any mythosaur drawings. Um but I, I can't. I couldn't imagine that it was as wonky and goofy as they say. Your family were rode the mythosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were really friendly and pink. Yeah. Well, uh, there's there's a good question here, which is, you know, how how is the Mandalorian rewriting this kind of history? Mm-hmm. And you know, they can make the mythosaur to be as awesome as they want. They can do whatever they want. It's it's kind of open ended at this point. But there is a wealth of Mandalorian history. In uh, Legends, and in particular, we've got some guides about it on Eugenia.com if you're wanting to get into those obscure bits of detail. We've got a guide that is specifically what you should read if you like the show The Mandalorian. Mm. And then a similar but slightly different guide, what to read if you like Mandalorians in general. Two different guides. I wrote them both. They don't say the same thing. (laughs) They don't say the same thing. They put a lot of work into these things during grad class last year, right? Uh, A couple years ago, maybe. And so there's a lot to dive mm-hmm. into. So Boba Fett would be like an obvious choice. Rick, you got something? I've got a question about this. So um, I think I was working on a TikTok. <laughs> That's a good good startup for a story, right? And I was looking through uh, the Han Solo trilogy, and I just flipped over to like pretty much the middle of the book. It's, it's like chapter eight of the Hut Gambit. And um, right off the bat, it talks about... Um, this guy in Mandalorian armor, who's a bounty hunter, whose name is Jaster Mareel. Oh no, this is a huge rabbit hole. And so <laughs> I'm curious about about that. Can you tell me something? Can you give me the brief the brief information? How does how does this overlap with Boba Fett? This is one of the biggest retcons in Legends history. Hmm. You want to take a stab at it, Freddie? Yeah. So well, there's there's. There's several retcons, right? We've got Jaster Mareel, but then we've got, I believe, is it Jodo Cast? Uh, Jodo Cast. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, so Jaster Mareel uh, was actually in the comic books, I believe. And he was, um, Jaster Mareel, he was the, man, I'm, I'm getting all my Mandalorians mixed up He's right now. He's in Django Fett Open Seasons. Yeah, it was in Open Seasons. Uh, you're gonna have to take this one. I, I'm I'm going through memory lane. Was he was he the first? Was he Django Fett's friend or or mentor? I'm having a hard right. time. Sounds remember. about right. Yeah. So we had to read Django Fett Open Seasons if we want more on that. Yeah, what I'm yeah. thinking we, of was the other Mandalorian Jodo whose Cass. name starts with the letter J. <laughs> yeah, right. you're thinking of Jodo, Jodo Cast. I, I am. So there, I am. 
there was a there's a whole retcon on that. It's, this is so interesting, Jared. You can elaborate. I'll give a little bit of history on who Jodo Cast is. So Jodo Cast is like a, I think he was working with the Alliance or something, and he ended up taking Boba Fett's armor and and basically painting it exactly the same hmm. and passing himself off as Boba Fett. Now, th- this is where it kind of gets a little interesting because there there is a whole situation where Boba Fett sets up like a trap on I think it's like Nal Hutta or something like that to try to capture who this fake Boba Fett is. But uh, there's like some behind the scenes too. Jared, you have, you have any yeah, info on the, that? The behind the scenes that I remember, and we'll have to do a bigger Boba Fett deep dive when we read the Boba Fett blood ties omnibus that's coming out later this oh. year, is that, you know, basically when it came time to do the new Jedi order, they revealed that there was this huge twist that Boba Fett was actually leading the Mandalorians uh, against the Yuuzhan Vong and, uh, Boba Fett, A Practical Man, the the novella that came out. Boba Fett hadn't been in the EU for a few years. And then they were like, look, Boba Fett's a hero now. And it kind of moved back into the spotlight there. And so basically they retconned that everything up until that point had been an imposter, an impersonator, <laughs> pretending to be Boba Fett. Not so unlike what we got in The Mandalorian, but uh, Jodo Cast was way cooler. At one point he kidnaps the Solo children. It's a whole thing. And then there's a showdown between Boba Fett and Jodo Cast which is cool. Yeah. It's like, wow. a, it, it's, a, a it's almost like the, the timeline didn't work out and they're like, well, okay, now we got to figure out who this is going to be. And so they just inserted some random, random character as a Boba Fett clone, you know, poster. It was, it, it, it was like, what the heck? Now <laughs> I guess we you did, can do that. <laughs> we did an episode, Freddie. It's the one where we did it in the middle of the day in the summertime when my air conditioning was broken, broken. Ooh. You could just see my pits getting sweatier and sweatier as the episode <laughs> went on. Ew. You remember that one? What episode number was that? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I remember that happening. I can't remember when that was though. <laughs> we did, we did uh, a Boba Fett Legends special. And so a lot of this information is there. I have since flushed it from my brain, apparently as all good things do. And uh, we got a comment from Skuma Joe over here that says, Emily, I promise there's good stuff in Legends, LOL. <laughs> the Boba Fett, uh, Jodo cast, traitor, imposter arc is one of the coolest twists in Legends. It I, is. I think it's awesome. Well, I mean, that's why I wanted to, to learn more about Legends yeah. because it's there are no rules. It's like the Wild mm-hmm. West. Like anything can happen. Anyone can be anyone. Like people can die and then come back to life and they mm-hmm. can turn out to be an imposter the entire time. Like, yep what there's there's imposters all over the place and there's twists uh you know uh, i'm not gonna spoil it for for rick because we've been spoiling every story since so (laughs) (laughs) there there are rules in legends they're just making them up as they go there's a difference i like it it's fun i'm not i I like it when rules get kind of bent so (laughs) now we've got a couple more things we've added here a trivia on boba fett before we move on i was saying on the point of machismo you know i was talking about the tough guys of legends what makes boba fett tough it's he kind of lets his armor do the talking, especially the original Boba Fett, like old school legends Boba Fett. Boba Fett's doing a lot more talking these days than like the bounty hunters comics and the Mandalorian. Uh, originally, he was letting the his his stance do the talking more so than the dialogue. Um, we've got the this idea here that uh, Freddie, did you add this this extra trivia here? You couldn't help yourself, could you? I couldn't help myself. I saw Boba Fett and I was like, all right, let's do some behind the scenes. <laughs> What you got? Yeah, so it's funny that you say this whole thing about Boba Fett and his armor doing the talking because when when um, I'm oh man, I'm forgetting his name, Jeremy. Um, Jeremy just passed away. Yeah, he just passed away. He when not he Renner. was putting on I'm so close Bullock. Bullock. Yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Bullock. Renner's when, a Marvel guy. 
when yes. he put on his his uh boba fett armor first of all it fit like a glove like it was almost made for him without it really being made for him and he was just standing on set and he, the amount of people that were just like looking at him it was it was like he had a whole bunch of stormtroopers on one side you had a you had darth vader on the other side like the actual actors and then boba fett and then everyone just staring at this guy and he you know Jeremy Bullock was just like, I'm just standing here not doing anything yet. Everyone's just looking at me. Hmm. And it goes to show that it that it was just the nature of the armor itself was already, you know, speaking for itself, which is why everyone liked it. But hmm. uh, going back to speaking for it for themselves, man with no name is where George Lucas got um, hmm. the idea of who who Boba Fett would be. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen that, but it's a Clint Eastwood like the uh, Western. It's a Clint Eastern spaghetti Western. Uh, I think it was by Sergio Leone, um, one of those old old Italian spaghetti Westerns. Oh. And if you look at Boba Fett's cape, it's actually similar to the uh, the sarape that Clint Eastwood's wearing in Fistful of Dollars. So a lot of a lot of ideas just came from from that those those Westerns for him. I mean, you can hear it in the in the clinking too when he walks. It sounds Is like that he's way got he has the, spurs. He's based yeah, off a spurs. Western character. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Wow, that's cool. That was what tipped people off in season one of The Mandalorian, that Boba yeah. Fett would be back because there were spurs. They were all like, there's oh, spurs. And I was yeah. like, anybody could have spurs. It's it's Star Wars. There's no rules about footwear. And it, but they were right. Yeah, it was spurs. It was the whole thing. You were right, Freddie. Cool. Uh, the character who inspired it all is next up on the list. Uh, Emily, would you like to take this next one for us? <laughs> uh, Dash Rendar. He you got to say it with, the, a, uh... with a Boston accent sometimes. Oh, yeah, like I must send the chat. Dash Renda. <laughs> it's a terrible accent, but I hope you'll forgive me. Uh, he is the scoundrel captain of the Outrider. He created he was created for the Shadows of the Empire Storytelling Multimedia Initiative as a fill-in for Han Solo. I totally get that. We actually read um, a short story about him in the Star Wars Insider Fiction mm-hmm. Collection, That's right. Volume 1. Yeah. He had one, I think he was like really hungover most of the time, wasn't he? And then sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So I got a bit of a glimpse. This is the one I, I have had a little exposure to. Do y'all want to fill me in on some of the details? Absolutely. Why don't you take a stab at it, Freddie? I'm, yeah, I'm having so, trouble with some back end stuff on my, yeah, <laughs> on no my end here. Yeah, he so he's got he's got his, you know, his powers, I guess we, you would call uh his sassy sidekick droid, the uh what did I call him last last time? The Swiss Army droid. Oh, um, Lebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Lebo. Okay. Yeah. And, and of course he was, he was the protagonist of that movie and, or of that movie. Look at me <laughs> getting into the, the video game is like a movie to me. It's uh, like a that. movie in your brain, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at that, that Hildebrand image of him just looking it's so, so machismo. And in, in terms of, of if you had to fight ego to ego with him and Han Solo, honestly, you'd it'd probably end up in some kind of nuclear explosion. Well, that happens in a book. Uh, I've been reading this book a lot. Shadow Games. Um, They have, there's like a whole chapter and it happens multiple times in the book. They're just like, let's do that same chapter and reward it a little bit. Where (laughs) Han and Dash have like an ego wrestling match. Yeah. Where they just like trade insults and roast each other and then gamble a little bit, drink a little bit, and then like race their starships. Um, it's it's, so it's really good, top notch. And what's great is the author is like in on the joke that Dash Rendar is a knockoff on Solo. Um, but he is the protagonist of the book. He's got his, I mean, he, 
was the star of that multimedia experience, but then got his own book in like 2011. It's pretty mm-hmm. late in the legends timeline. Totally worth the read. That was like uh, the pandemic hit. And I was like, Oh, I need some escapism. And uh, my friend was like, I just read it and I liked it. And I was like, you had me at legends. Yeah, <laughs> you did. I, I think that single-handedly his shoulder pads inspired this event, uh, this episode. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not like, sure how he gets around with those shoulder pads. Well, the shoulder pads were 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 a, a, a crutch for the fact that they were having trouble animating his shoulders in the oh. 3D video game because oh. it was uh, the N64. They were trying to do 3D video games for the first time. He looked too clunky, so the shoulder pads were like hiding the fact that he needed to be able to put his arm up here to shoot. And uh, so, but on what's what's great is on the Wook. There's a whole paragraph explaining what the shoulder pads do. Mm-hmm. It's like the brilliance of Star Wars fandom. Like, oh, these so things what exist. What do they do? Let's explain. Do they them. do anything? Yes, Emily. They provide extra protection from blaster bolts on your from shoulders. His deltoids. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. <laughs> They're so big oh. that they just absorb blaster bolts. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I think. I think. I. I don't know if I've seen too many people cosplay as Dash Renda, but I'm definitely going to give it a shot. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, what else have we not said about him in terms of like his kit, his gear? One of the things we're going to compare as we go along here is like, what make, what do they bring to the table? What could they do to beat you in a fight? Here's what he's got, right? You know, he's got his awesome ship so he could, he could fly away from you quickly, but not as quickly as the millennium Falcon and the outrider. <laughs> uh, he's motivated by his angst over the death of his brother at the hands of Prince. She So got some, some serious male angst there. Um, he has some, some, Pretty hefty gear, such as a flamethrower, mm. a pulse phase blaster that uh, shoots purple balls like IG-88s. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. You just pick up. It's basically you find IG-88s blaster when you need it in the game. Um, man, those purple balls caused me a lot of stress this summer. And he also has a jetpack sometime that, like, is not the easiest thing to, to pilot. So, like, another good point somebody made earlier in the chat with these video game characters we talk about the toughest of the tough guys in legends. How many countless times have they died? Oh my goodness. Yeah. If when, when I was watching you in your live play, or was it Andrew? One of you guys, it was just, I couldn't count anymore. <laughs> <laughs> at least in my house, Dash Rendar died at least a thousand times this summer. We'll so put speak, it that way. Speaking of what oh, that, Jared, times. did you ever get around actually beating shadows of the empire? <gasps> <laughs> no. <laughs> I am still on the same level that I was on. Now I haven't played in a couple months, but I I played it for like another good two months after nice. the event because like I don't quit things. Yeah, I have t- an obsessive personality. That's um, more than me, yeah. so no no disrespect. I'm still on the like Canyon Planet of Gaul, which is a very long, <laughs> very massive planet midway through the game. But then the final boss in that level is Boba Fett. And like, if I can make it to him, which is like one out of every 20 times that I play the level, it doesn't take long for Boba Fett to wreck me, believe it or not. You know, in terms of who would win in a fight, at least for me, Boba Fett beats Dash Rendar every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for rubbing that one in, Rick. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, you get the honors now of talking about our next character. All right, that's, that's fitting. So next up, we have Kyle Katarn. Uh, good dude. Uh, so he is a rebel soldier turned Jedi. 
and he was the protagonist of the Dark Forces series of video games. Uh, quite a lot of accomplishments to his name. He was one of the dudes who helped steal the Death Star plans. Uh, the guy is pretty much just your good old go-to legends Chuck Norris. So uh, yeah, that's the joke. You always just want to leave it there, right? Um, so some of his his powers or abilities, I guess. And there's some slight spoilers coming. Um, is he's got a girlfriend, uh, Jan Ors, who does most of the heavy lifting. Um, and then there's some force <laughs> sensitivity that comes up, uh, including some traditionally known dark side abilities like force grip and force lightning. They just, um, they just look good in a video game. They just yeah, do. I mean, I get it. I get it. Uh, let's see. Oh, and uh, in the New Jedi Order's best swordsman, uh, he earned the title of Blade Master. Um, That's right. So, yeah, and doesn't he have a role? It's probably coming up later, but I remember playing, playing, what was it, Jedi Academy? And he's like your first guy you see or meet or something. Um, right. That's like an extension of the Dark Forces okay. series. Right. And now, my question is, do you think, do you think, who, who do you think has handled the most weapons, Kyle Katarn or Boba Fett? Because there's a plethora. <laughs> this is crazy, isn't it, Freddie? Why don't you tell us about the weapons? I, so I, there's so many different types of weapons that, that he's used. Like if you look at everybody's uh, like Wikipedia, right, there's a list of, of associated weapons. But Kyle Katarn, oh, my goodness, I'm not even sure where to start. He, and it's he's because got... he's from like shooter video games. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see, a mortar gun, a Packard mortar gun, a rail detonator gun, a concussion rifle, a heavy repeater, E-11 blaster rifle, DXR6 disruptor rifle, <laughs> FC1 fletchet launcher, PLX 2M port portable missile launcher, and destructive electromagnetic pulse 2 ion carbine, and a lightsaber. To mention oh. a couple. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he didn't have enough. Yeah. You gotta he love needed, that. Uh, he uh... needed a melee weapon. <laughs> right. Flamethrower wasn't on the list, though. Cal could, uh, Dash Rindar had a flamethrower. Did. Mm. That's right. That's right. Like it doesn't last long. Space. Yeah, you get like 10 seconds with that flamethrower. It's pitiful. Um, I have a soft spot for Kyle Katarn. I, you know, I've talked about this a lot on the show. I really love the Dark Forces audio drama. So those books have been, um, they were adapted in the late 90s into uh, the Dark Forces trilogy audio drama. The, the audio book narrator, I should play a clip, maybe on social, I'll find it and share it. Um, He's got this great accent. He's like, Kyle Katarn has infiltrated the rebel base. I can't do it. It's it's awesome. I can't, you know, it's not getting there. <laughs> but I've listened to that sucker maybe 10 times. It's amazing. So I know his story intimately. I've heard that the actual like physical book isn't as good as the audio drama. I've never yeah. actually sat down to read them. Uh, yeah. Rick, you just got them though, right? I have them. Yeah. And my favorite line ever is got them, but I haven't read them. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, still, uh, still in that category. But I'm curious, what else besides uh, that trilogy does he appear in? Man, he's in a lot of material. I feel like. Uh, well, he's in the, like, go ahead, Freddie. Well, there's, there's obviously there's the New Jedi Order, which I feel like he, he was in it quite frequently. He does um, become a pretty prominent member of the Jedi Council. Yeah. In the majority of post Return of the Jedi Legends. Yeah, and he he actually has a lot of. A lot of back and forth, Kyle Katarn, with like the dark side of the force. He just, he's just so intense. I feel like it's it's hard for him to really decide if he wants to be the Jedi or if he wants to stay uh, by himself, right? Like isolate himself. Uh, he's just so intense. But he's in uh, Fate of the Jedi. 
Legacy of the Force, I believe. He's in Legacy of the Force, right? He, I think so. All of that kind of blend, melds together for me. I know the major plot beats. Yeah. But we'll do a we'll do a big reread one of these days. Corey sure notoriously loves the Legacy series, so we'll do that with him when we get around to it. Um after he gets like a cushy desk job. Just kidding. Yeah, he'll always be busy. Um <laughs> The basic idea is like, you know, Luke is the Grand Master, but sometimes he's busy. So you need some other hard-hitting Jedi Masters to, you know, manage the temple. And sometimes mm. that's Kyle Katarn. Mm. Um, and, and so so he does become a quite prominent member, but he kind of comes from left field. He's like a video game character yeah. who backdoors his way into the Jedi Council. Yeah. As opposed mm-hmm. to being a prominent book character yeah. like uh, Kip Duran, for example. Mm-hmm. So... Kipteron didn't make the list though, so Kyle Katarn wins out in that regard. <laughs> so, like, what's his mo? Like, it says Rebel soldier turned Jedi, and then he has all these weapons. On paper, he's kind of looking like a knockoff Luke a little bit. Like, what does he do? Is he like yeah. the guy that they send in like when everything else has failed, or You're is he like the guy? So, like, what does he so do? Interesting, Emily. You you said it right on the the nose. He seems like Luke, right? <laughs> because I want to say some of the background is that they were trying to put Luke into these video game in this video game, but they would just paint themselves in a corner. So they just created another character. Okay. Hmm. A more flexible one that can use all the weapons. (laughs) But it's funny that you saw that. I don't know. I like that. That sounds right, but I don't know if it's right. (laughs) I I mean, that would be a much more fun player to like play in the video games. You're less bound by like morals and Mm -hmm. like, light side and dark side you know i mean there's all options you don't have to choose lightsaber or guns you can just have both or like light side and dark side just use both yeah. that's a good that observation fun. and he's yeah. not as he's not as morally gray as he sounds on paper here yeah. um, okay. i had to squeeze it into like you know two or three sentences um sure he's i would say the big difference is he starts off as a soldier so he's mm-hmm. like okay. one of the shining cadets at the Imperial Academy. Yeah. And he goes out into the field as a stormtrooper to wreak havoc, but then has like a moral compromise, not so unlike Finn in The Force Awakens, but mm-hmm. cooler because it was Legends. And um, <laughs> then like discovers that his father was assassinated by a dark Jedi or something like that. And so then he has to face off with this dark Jedi who has a grudge against his father. His father was like secretly a rebel. So it's mm. it's got a different story trajectory than Luke, yeah. though some okay. similar beats along the way. Um, definitely like less whiny and more muscular. Totally. <laughs> He's got one shoulder pad though, whereas Dashrendar has two. Uh, now you gotta go with two, man. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna do shoulder pads, you gotta have a matching set. At least Kyle had a dad present. Just saying. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh. So there is like a whole dark side thing. Um, he falls to the dark side at one point. His story intertwines with the dark, Dar- the Darth Bane trilogy a little mm. bit, actually. Really? Uh, it predates Bane, if I am correct. Yeah, sure. Um, going to the Valley of, like the place on Rusan where all the Sith spirits are, are trapped. And mm. so it introduces that idea that then the Bane trilogy expands. Mm. So we okay. will talk about it some. We get to mm. Bane pretty soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kyle Katarn did it first. That's right. <laughs> he beat Bane to the punch. So that's a credit. Now, one of the things we've talked about is like with Legends characters, with Star Wars characters in general, there's this fine line between a name needing to be really exotic versus being, you know, kind of run of the mill. You get names like Luke, good old fashioned New Testament name, right? One syllable, 
You've got other names like Jeruis Sabayoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, rate Kyle Katarn one to ten on a on like a Star Wars naming convention scale, Freddie. Hmm. Well, okay, my scale is going to be a little high because it first of all, first of all, his last name Katarn. I, I'm not sure if you know what a Katarn is, but a Katarn is is a giant like dragon lizard on Kashyyyk. I did not. Ooh. Yeah, no, so that's new. And, and there's yeah. there's a whole. There's a whole thing. I know this because of Star Wars Galaxies, but there's a whole thing with there it with, is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with uh, Katarn armor, which is like a the I want to say it was the uh, maybe a, a a branch or or something like that in the clone clone army or something. I, I can't remember. So his name is is pretty intense, Katarn. But you know, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every time I try to write the name Kylo Ren, and my phone auto corrects it to Kyle Ren. <laughs> or Kyle Ron, which is also something that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd give it a, I'd give him a solid, a solid nine on the naming scale. It's because of, you know, the history of guitar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Emily, what's your, what's your scale? What's your rating? Um, I was going to say something. I lost track. Kyle Katarn. I don't know. I didn't know the history. The dragon definitely levels up his name a bit in my book, but Kyle, like, when was this book? Like, when was he introduced? Like what gender, like what decade? Cause it seems, it sounds a lot like a nineties name to it's me. It's nineties. Yeah. It's yeah. 90s. Yep. It's nineties. Okay. <laughs> then uh, for the sake of that, I'm going to give it an eight. Mm-hmm. Rick, you had a judgment on Kyle Katarn. Um, so yeah, like you said, guys, Kyle, it's, it's pretty vanilla nineties kid name, but <laughs> You know, it is kind of a safe name if that would be one you'd want to consider. Good old Kyle or Kyla, you know, something. Okay, anyway. And uh, everyone can pronounce it. So that's, that's, a, right. that's a win. That's right. And I'm pretty sure. So I've been playing, um, I forget the actual, like the full title of the game, but the Star Wars Pod Racer game. It's been, you know, re- released on Switch. And, Star Wars Galaxies. Cool. Go. Cool. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, um, I'm pretty sure it's that game, but one of the, one of the Star Wars games has like a name generator. And I'm pretty sure Kyle Katarn was one of the random names that it just generated. And so ever <laughs> since that, it's very Star Warsy to me. And I mean, obviously Star Wars, but like that alone, like Katarn or I can't remember, maybe just Kyle even was part of like this random generation. And so, yeah, I'd say it's pretty high, but to be a little lower than y'all, I'll give him a 7.5. Mm. I'm not going to give him a number. What I will say though, for the backstory on all this is there's a High Republic character named Kevin. And that, <laughs> that stirred up a lot of debate. I was like, no, Kevin's not good, but Kyle is fine. Too many syllables. All right, Kyle is better than Kevin. I can't, yeah. Kyle Katarn, it alliterates. Are we going to talk about uh, all all these names? Uh, No, no, no. Okay, can I throw in something real quick then? Yeah. Um, So I'll share this with you guys. Um, So I go by Rick, but my real name is Garrick, G-A-R-R-I-C-K. That's kind of Star Wars-y. And no joke, because in Battlefront 2, the new one, Admiral Garrick Versio. And so I'm a Star Wars character, y'all. That blew my (laughs) mind. I've never been more excited than I saw that. And I like flipped out because in third grade, I started going by Rick because nobody could say it right. I was like, Garrick or (laughs) Garrick or Garrick. And so I was fed up. I'm like, call me Rick. I'm done. But hearing Star Wars made a character with my name, I was like, that is cool your people so i'm a star wars character y'all even though i'm a nice i'm a redeemable bad guy so we gotta (laughs) clip that we gotta clip that that was good a redeemable bad guy um there's this character in the the han solo trilogy 
is it Gareth? Gareth Shrike? Mm, close. Yeah, you're one syllable away. Yep. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know who else tried? Our next character for tonight, Kier Kanos. Kier Kanos, absolutely one of my favorite Legends characters. He's basically the Punisher of Star Wars. I read the Crimson Empire trilogy. I think it was earlier this year um, when there was that big Marvel sale. Could have been May the 4th. I'm not totally sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he was originally one of Palpatine's royal guard. The story in Crimson Empire is set uh, shortly after Return of the Jedi. He defected after Palpatine's death and went on a bloody rampage to eliminate pretenders who attempted to claim the Emperor's throne. Um, basically, you know, his shtick is that he was trained in hand-to-hand combat, not just hand-to-hand combat, but like hand-to-hand fight to the death combat. Yeah. The real deal. There's a lot of blood on the, tip, on the tips of these blades. It's very gladiator-esque, Freddie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he wields this double-bladed pike. Uh, he's motivated by the sheer fury at the incompetent riffraff who comprise the post-Palpatine Empire. Um, it is quite possibly the most violent Star Wars story ever written. Jay, and one thing some- I want to bring up is ever since you read Crimson Empire, I, I feel like you have a, a, a very intense fascination with it because ever since then you've talked about Kier Kanos and and Carner Jacks and and it's it's influenced me to start reading it and I'm really getting into it as well and you're right it's it's so menacing good story it's got some tropes of the time like it's overly violent the 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 romance is a little bit like too quick and he's too like idolized for being manly which is what we're you know kind of joking at in this episode because he's He's violent and stern and cold, but you've learned that he has some good motives, even though he's defending Palpatine's honor, basically. But he cares about like he cares about honor more than about Palpatine. And then eventually he's you know, kind of like persuaded along the way to reexamine his motives and what he's all about. Um, we read a lot of books for Legends Look Back. We read a lot of Legends for this show, and, and I'm still reading some Legends outside of my in my spare time just because i'm trying to get through it all it's very rare freddie that we come across a book that stuns me Mm -hmm. like floors me with how much i love it yeah and that was what this was it surprised me came out of left field like it was one of those things where like i could not put it down yeah like like i'm staying up way past midnight to read this thing (laughs) like i'm holding my eyelids open to read it because i i loved it so much it was good yeah, yeah, you could tell once once Jared came back from that trip. I forget what it was. Yeah, I was you was a changed were... man. Yeah, <laughs> changed man. Now, Freddie, you're holding up something there. What you got for us? Yeah, it's it's so. First of all, who is this? Right, you know, we don't look at this. Who no, look at this? the name. <laughs> well, that's Kirkanos. He's Kier the protagonist Kanos, right? of Crimson Empire. Exactly. Well, is it though, Carner Jacks? Yeah, he's holding what? up the Black Series, the 50th anniversary misprint edition. Who's that? Who's Carner Jacks? The villain of the series. Huh. Even which is interesting. They they totally misprinted it. It's uh and, and Hasbro actually admitted that they they messed up. So we have the uh Jared and I and a couple of other people out there have have the misprint. We'll see how much this goes for on eBay one of these days. <laughs> I I'm I'm trying to keep my eyes peeled if they release the fixed edition, like the correct edition, because I'll probably buy it. Um <laughs> Well, I don't totally know what I'm going to do about this with there being a misprint one. I don't need two of the exact same figure, but like <laughs> I like that it's misprint because it becomes collectible and it's kind of goofy and silly and Legends is goofy and silly and has all kinds of erroneous you know, issues throughout. But uh, no, he 
Carnor Jax is another one of these tough guys, but he's not a protagonist. He is the villain. He's one of the royal guards who, you know, protected Palpatine, but then claims the throne. And then uh, yeah. they have like a battle to the death kind of thing. Um, so how do you know that that isn't Carnor Jax? It's you could tell they're just different characters. Um, Carnor, I believe Kier Kanos has like the the double bladed uh, okay. spear, right? And I, I don't I remember okay. their their armor is a different color yeah. as well. Carnor so, Jax has like black and red armor. He yeah, he, he repaints his armor after Palpatine dies. He's yeah. like, now that dad's gone, I'm gonna <laughs> re I'm gonna change my clothes into something rebellious. I have to say, Jared is downplaying it. When he found out that this was a misprint, he was absolutely livid. <laughs> I don't know if livid That's is not the right you. word. You don't get irritated when people do stuff like that. <laughs> Why don't you uh, move us on? Uh, Emily, you can take the next one. Sure. <laughs> fun at me here. Uh, Ganner Rysod, is that how you say that? R-H-Y-S-O-D. Yeah, it sounds right. Okay. He is a strong-willed Jedi described to have worn flashy black and blue robes and have taken special care of his appearance, cultivating his natural good looks. He was the self-proclaimed brightest star of the new Jedi Order. I'm sensing some ego here. Does he have a big scar down his face, though? Yeah, that's a given with all these characters. They all do. Yeah, they all have part scars, of, and it's part of their machismo. Or they look the like the Keanu Reeves. <laughs> all versions of Keanu Reeves. Fantastic. He is uh, featured heavily in the new Jedi Order series, specifically Dark Tide Duology, Star by Star, and Traitor. And apparently his powers are, he has flashy clothes, because how does how exactly does that come into play? It does. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. So his clothing is somehow powerful. Uh, his scruffy beard, facial battle scar, telekinesis, that's cool, Jedi mind tricks, and alongside Cornhorn, he could use the force to create a barrier to create a body-hugging force bubble around himself to keep the blowing sand off him. It's real. It happens. I'm not making this stuff up. It could get in his hair. I mean, granted, if yeah. I could use a force field to keep sand off of me, I probably would. So I kind of can't judge him for that. If um, Anakin um, but figured that out, there would have yeah. been no Darth Vader. I know. Yeah. But instead, but so he's with the. Uh, with corn horn though, like wouldn't those? It seems like those personalities would conflict. They a bit, do. They? That's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you're onto it. That's the point. Okay. They do. Good job. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. It, it it's funny because their their personalities are very much. I mean, the corn horn. We all we all know how much Corey loves corn horn and and <laughs> how corn horn could come off. And then you put him with Ganner. It's just uh, or, or Ganner, right? However you want to say it. Just, <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's not. That's not how I want to say it. Right? You know, that's I was going to say it right show day. So, you know, it's whatever. But uh, I love it. So I bet it would be like the most exotic pronunciation. Oh, yeah. It has to be like with that it. kind of ego. I, yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So well, they go on in, in Mike Stackpole wrote the Dark Tide duology. So books two and three of the New Jedi Order. Basically, the first book gets everything kicked off a massive catastrophe. Um, this huge invasion by this foreign, uh, you know, alien invading species. But then at this point, we kind of get on to some missions. The Jedi will send out teams of two or like two Jedi and their apprentices. And so they send out two very capable, strong 
you know, Jedi with good track records, good reputations, Corrin Horn and Gannon Rysode, but they, Corrin is, you know, this cocky fighter pilot who's proven himself and he's gone toe to toe with Luke Skywalker and, and Yasani Isard. Whereas uh, Ganner is like this, a different generation of Jedi. So he's a generation younger, thinks he is hot stuff, but there's a character arc there. There's a character arc. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. It is one of the greatest moments in all. I, would, I was going to say it's, it, it's difficult to not spoil this one, but I will just say that it is probably in the top five of memorable legends moments. That's oh. all I'm going to say. It top is and, five. And, and the, the, the Corin Ganner, um, relationship frenemies they're, definitely frenemies yeah their their hostility <laughs> <A little drama. laughs> is is delicious it's like putting it two type a's in the room <laughs> it is yeah i thought that would be fun to read surrounded or, by uh, serpents that can turn into battle staffs Jared, the that, reminds, that reminds me of um bible majors in our oh, intro yes. classes our first semester a whole bunch of you know people trying to prove that's themselves right. and yep yep i see yes. it i see it <laughs> that's right people who think they are god's gift to the world yeah here to learn that there's more to the universe than they realized absolutely uh, freddie you're our big mandalorian fan why don't you take the next guy yeah so the next one we've got cal skirata honestly one of one of my favorites on this list as well as boba fett uh, actually this whole list is pretty pretty awesome it is but, a lot of fun it's been fun. yeah it is we've got uh cal skirata who who's he's a he's a mandalorian bounty hunter uh friends uh, uh with with uh, Django Fett and actually was recruited by Django to train the clone troopers on Camino and uh, raised a few actually for himself, right? I believe he raised a few, a few <laughs> modified clones for himself. Yeah, they were basically going to be discarded because they were defective, quote unquote. Yeah. And he took them in under his wing. And that's that's how the whole stories, be- the whole trilogy, not trilogy, the whole series begins. Yeah, he raises yeah. them as his own children. And he's bad a bad on the bad batch. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. What's up with that, these like bounty hunters taking clone children? Yeah, there's yeah. a thing. It, huh. He so he Cal is very much a warrior. Like we're talking, okay. like a lot of these other guys are are you know they're they're all warriors in a sense. But like Cal himself, they they he's fought in many battles. Like he's an actual warrior. Hmm. So of course you know when he's when he uh, the, the the whole bad batch thing, it, it makes sense that he would. Uh, he, he was very I don't I want to say he was a bad father or at least he considers him he considers himself a bad father to his actual child huh. uh, so these clones were, were very much like his kids and it's interesting to see how how they take that into bad batch right and and they have this whole thing with with like super commando clones um, so he he actually Cal came from the Republic commando books uh, and you know we're talking about powers for a lot of the others well his powers is he's got he's got two squadrons of clone commandos on call at all times. <laughs> so that's a Squad- that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> that's right. Okay. In Star Wars world, how big is this squadron? Do oh, know? no, this I'll is a rabbit hole. For, <laughs> Sorry, uh, we can answer this at a different time. I that's don't know the answer term to my husband's my military. Head. And like, I know how many people are in our squadrons, but I don't know what we'll talk about it later. Yeah. <sighs> Was it I, six? The, the oh, like Delta, Delta Squad and Omega Squad are, <gasps> are four, aren't they? That's right. They are four. They are four. But like Rogue Squadron okay. is 12. Yeah. Right. And like Emily, handfuls of people. I'll say this much. Trevor did a deep dive on this on the Star Wars archives. I don't know what episode it oh. was, but they he did a deep dive on it for sure. Okay. I heard it and immediately forgot it. 
And I, I That's like- a squadron in army terms is like thousands of people or like hundreds of people at least. I mean, you could so say like, that. That's very right? different. <laughs> one one yeah. clone commando is probably like a hundred guys. Okay. I, would, I, I feel like the vernacular is wrong. It's probably more equivalent like a platoon. Um, but they just yeah. squadron sounds more Star Warsy, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like a way cooler term. Yeah. Okay. Right. Rogue Squadron is twelve. Delta Squadron and Omega Squad. They're they're four. Gotcha. And and like throughout the series, Scarada basically just recruits more people under his under his cause. So he's like a mother hen, like a bird that spreads its wings and just keeps getting more and more babies under him. It's it's really mm-hmm. endearing, honestly. Yeah. Um, he just he definitely wants to be a good a good father, but he was always out fighting that he just couldn't do it. Uh, and and so you know when it comes to battle like he was he was very good at taking care of these these clone commandos and on top of that his tactical gear i'm pretty sure his mandalorian mandalorian armor was gold right that's what the books say i mean like he's not in the comics he's depicted in some official art but not much but it's described as gold in the in the in the in the books so he's a knight in shining armor is what i'm getting from this guy I'm sensing mad respect from Jared and Freddie. But he's gruff. He's, <laughs> he's abrasive. Gruff. Okay. But he's fatherly to his children. Gotcha. It's an interesting case study in masculinity, those books, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It is. I remember asking this question to Meg when we did the roundtable was, can a female author have toxic masculinity? <laughs> so that came up. That came up in uh, the conversation. I don't remember Ooh. the answer, but that was a question I asked. That's right. Uh, he's that. got some more he's got some more kit to a verpine chatter gun is his thing basically i just imagine him having a shotgun on his hip just blasting um <laughs> you know battle droids um sometimes he borrows a lightsaber to get the job done and we mentioned this an episode or two ago he also has a hermaphroditic flying six-legged stinky dog named Murd, <laughs> who is the real mvp of that series hmm. and i'm not making it up it's true it's real and it's amazing Next up, we've got Starkiller. Rick, take it away. All right. Give me one second. Uh, so, Starkiller. I've actually heard of this one. Um, thank you. No, That's I'm, a I'm win. I, I, I've heard of the others. Many of the others, at least. So, uh, Starkiller was Darth Vader's secret apprentice. Uh, let's see if I can get a picture up of him. Here we go. Yeah. Secret apprentice tasked with eliminating the remaining Jedi who survived Order 66. Uh, oh, yeah. And he kind of pulled a Star Destroyer out of the sky using the force. So that happened. NBD. Uh, yeah. And uh, he became, I guess, introduced in the, the Force Unleashed video games. Uh, so another character that started in a video game and then was novelized and really just novelizations, I think, of the video game, unless I'm wrong. Uh, powers include he wields his lightsabers in a backhanded grip, which is pretty cool. Uh, he uses force lightning. And in case you missed it, he pulled a Star Destroyer out of the sky. So overpowered. <laughs> Seriously. Delivery was so good on that, Rick. Thank you. And out of Jen, for sure. Um, Starkiller is not going to need to pull a Star Destroyer down on your head tonight. He would be so happy with your uh, delivery hmm. on that particular line. Is his first name Luke? Now, his name is, is a debate. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a it's it's contested. His name is contested. Do you know the? You guys ever heard the like the controversy on this? 
I don't think so. I just was referencing as wasn't Skywalker originally a Star Killer? Yes. Right? Okay. And so so that's just... part of the lore. Gotcha. I don't know what else you got. So right, this was a name that was original to George Lucas. Star Killer was a name that he wanted for one of his protagonists. If you read the Star Wars, like one of the original drafts on Star Wars for a long time, the protagonist was named Anakin Star Killer. Eventually, Starkiller sounded too violent. They kept shelving it, kept benching it. But something George kept wanting to use. Skywalker eventually came in. Instead, you ended up having Star Destroyers as ships. I mean, this is what to pay homage to that. In 2008, the game came out. It's like, oh, it's way far behind us. We don't need it anymore. So Starkiller came out. Played by the character Sam Witwer, who now that I've spent so much time like listening to interviews with Sam Witwer, mm-hmm. watching him on screen at conventions and things, it is odd to see him in the video game because it just it looks exactly it's, like him. Yeah, it's they it's did him, nothing it's to voice. change his appearance. Yep, and that's <laughs> just that's, Sam Witwer. Honestly, I didn't even notice that until we prepared for this because I knew the voice actor, you know, I knew what he looked like and everything, and I knew the character from the game, and I was like, "Oh man, that's the same guy." <laughs> it is the same guy. Um, Wait a second, do I do I spy a shoulder pad? <gasps> he does. I didn't even notice that. I'm so excited. <laughs> is oh this my a shoulder pad uh, episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be. That is I'm, a very large sh- shoulder pad. That might be bigger. It might be the biggest one yet. He's not holding his lightsabers the right way in this picture either. Yeah, he's so, not. He, you know, it, no, he's not. Now, here's the thing. This is actually from the Force Unleashed 2, I believe. I could be wrong. Mm. I could be wrong. Uh, somebody said in the chat, isn't his name Galen Merrick? Mm. And the answer is Kind of, not really. <laughs> and yes, it's never said in the first game or the number one New York Times bestselling novel. One of the only Star Wars books is only is fewer than 10 that have ever been number one bestsellers. This is one of them. This is one of them. 2008, the number one New York Times bestseller, The Force Unleashed Novelization by wow. Sean Williams. Huh. Uh, it was never, he was never named that. Star Killer is indisputably a cooler name than Galen Merrick. Sam Witwer notoriously hates the name Galen Merrick. He does. <laughs> it was never run by him. It was never approved by him, even though it's his likeness. Uh, and the issue is, is the character in The Force Unleashed 2 actually Starkiller? That's the one who's named Galen Merrick in, in book two, it became in, in the sequel. And there's a lot of debate. It gets a little spoilery. I don't want to say a whole lot about it. Of yeah. Is it actually Starkiller? Sam Woodward, the, the actor who portrays him, prefers using the name Starkiller, which was original to the first game, instead he of Galen like Merrick. He looks like a Starkiller. We're gonna add that this. dude looks seriously yeah. unhinged. We're going to add this to the list of how do you want to start an argument? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I will say Merrick rhymes with Garrick, so, you know, I'm a fan. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, uh, definitely one of the cool he, he really represents like this late 2000s tough guy so we talked about the 90s tough guys with people like kyle katar and dash rindar uh the the buzz cut and the angsty this was a time in which we like wanted all of our movies to be dark and gritty you remember that we were mm-hmm. like you know what i want in a superhero movie i don't want the bat nipples anymore i don't <laughs> want the campy batman i want a dark and gritty batman 2008 is when we got the dark knight for example the darkest okay. and grittiest of superhero movies. And so mm-hmm. the idea is like he is representative of that time period in which we needed our men to be angsty. 
uh, Chad Michael Murray on One Tree Hill. He's just pure <laughs> moodiness all the time. He it's that era. It's that era. Um, there's yeah. a few others, however, that didn't quite make the cut that we at least want to give a quick shout out to uh, Freddie Leadoff, our honorable mentions here for us. Yeah, so we didn't have time to cover everybody, but we do want to talk about them. We've got Booster Tarek, who uh, is the father of Mirax Tarek. Uh, he's a smuggler, scoundrel, captain of the errant venture, uh, was a prosthetic. Uh, he, he has a, pro, uh, what is it, a prosthetic? I, I misspelled it. Yeah, prosthetic. prosthetic cybernetic eye. I was like, he's prosthetic. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, and he's got a bright, bright red Star Destroyer uh, that mm. is a casino. Wow. Yeah, and he appears in, there for sure. in the X-Wing books. Um, let's see. Uh, there, there's a couple of other EU mentions. Uh, he's got, let's see. I, I'm not sure what else there is for, for, for Booster. There's quite a bit. He He's, you know, he's an ex-con. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like Corin is suspicious of him because <laughs> he used to be in prison. If there's one thing Corin hates, it's smugglers. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But eventually comes to save the day for the rebellion a number of times. Now I've had a big question about the Star Destroyer. We talked about this in the like after dark segment last week. We did a, a bit of a voice chat with some folks after the show. We talked a little bit about the errant venture. Here's my big question. All right. In space, theoretically, you can't hear sound. Whoa. In Star Wars, you can spaceships make cool sounds in space and star wars even though in real life they don't um hmm. light in space is mm-hmm. coming from stars however space pretty dark place would you be able to see the bright red star destroyer in space why yeah. why go through all the effort of painting it bright red like would anybody even see that it's painted red i mean if you were if you were if you had lights surrounding this thing, like the casino that it is, it would mm. it would reflect the the mm. frequency of the red back to whoever is seeing it only as fast as light can travel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's that's <laughs> something I spent my week thinking about. I had plenty of other things to do, but that's what I was thinking about instead. The practicality of the red spaceship versus the giant planet uh, vacuum that we talked about earlier. That's you're worried about the spaceship <laughs> being able to like be visibly seen as red. Hey, it's important. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah. With, I am. I'm with Freddie. <laughs> I feel like if he painted it red, it's probably so other people could see it. Like, yeah. why would you do it? If I think no he's got lights everywhere. He's making himself yeah. known. It's a casino. It smells like smoke when you pass by yeah, it. Yeah, man. It's like a Waffle House in 1993. Um, Here's here's my point. And it's this. His ego is what is glowing from a mile away. It's like Mm -hmm. he painted it red as a way to say, I'm painting it red because I want to paint it red. It's like a it's like a middle aged man who drives a candy apple red Corvette. Right. It's like a midlife crisis kind of thing. Instead of buying a Corvette, he stole a Star Destroyer. I mean, right. as one does. Yeah. First order of business, paint it <laughs> when red. When starships are available, you steal them and you paint them red. 
got a few more here in the honorable mention. So glad that we got a second to talk about Booster, one of the best Legends characters, hands <laughs> yeah. down, indisputably across the board. Uh, on Twitter, we had a good comment from our buddy Aaron Mose, just left the chat a few minutes ago, said he's going to catch the rest of the show on replay. What's up? Hey, you missed your thing. You said the thing, and now it's getting on the show. Um, he gave his list of his favorite tough guys of Legends, and it matches up with ours halfway. Boba Fett, Dirge, Kel Tainer from the Wraith Squadron series, and sorry, we left out pilots for the most part. Broar Jace, another mm. pilot from the mm-hmm. X-Wing books. Kyle Katarn made the list. Ganner Riso did as well. So we were we were halfway there, uh, three out of his six. And then finally, he says, also, I think Luke Skywalker is pretty tough throughout Legends. He gets injured a lot. It's <laughs> so true. <laughs> keeps coming back. I, I would say Luke is, is very tender-hearted in Legends and indestructible. He's very superheroic. Whereas in canon, he's fragile in a different way. But we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. Uh, Freddie, there's one final honorable mention I wanted to, to throw your way to close us out. Yeah, there's there's definitely one that we could all agree could would, would love to participate in this multi-armed uh, uh, arm wrestling match that we've got going on, right? We've got Jackson. <laughs> Jackson would absolutely just kill to be in this thing. Especially if we're talking about that new black series, right? Look how many muscles are on this oh. bad boy. You got yeah, him over there, Frank. Tons. He yeah. he's so incredibly ripped. Like he's so much more muscular than he should be. There's no way I can get this thing without glare. He's he's kind of got like the dad bod, like the thick torso, but uh he's clearly done some time with a pull-up bar at least you know twice a week. He's so jacked. Yeah, Jack Jackson is also making our list of the toughest of the tough guys in Legends. Now, finally, as we close out the show, I want to ask two final questions here to think about like, hey, we've surveyed these seven or eight characters. Um, We've talked about some characters. We know some more than others. First and foremost, who is a character that you're dying to know more about? Hmm. Uh, Freddie, you go first. I know you know most of them. I, I think I want to, I haven't read too much about uh, Kier Kanos. I know we've been talking about Crimson Empire, but I really need to start digging into that further and, and just finish that series up because uh, the way you've reacted with it, it, it just sounds like something I need to get through. I think that's my answer too. I just want to reread it because I liked it so much. <laughs> Emily. Um, I'm going to go with the classic Boba Fett because I am newer to Legends and I don't know as much, obviously, as this conversation has displayed. Um, I would like to know more. My brothers always used to love Boba Fett. I never got it. So I was like, you mean that guy that just stands in the corner? You like him? <laughs> like, what does he even do? Do we know? Like, we didn't know anything about it. So um, about him as a character. And um, but apparently they knew something and everybody else seems to know. So I'd like to read a little more about Boba Fett. And we're all in a Mandalorian craze, obviously. So I feel like it's a good time. Yeah. And I'm going to say, you know, Legends Boba Fett could take canon Boba Fett any day. I have to see. Any day. Right. And we got a good pick here in the chat from our buddy Wes. His recommendation, as it always is, (laughs) is Sifo Dias. (laughs) That's one that he wishes had made the list. One he'd like to learn more about. Sure. I don't know that I'd call him like a tough guy, but certainly Certainly a guy. He's Rick, a guy. who's your pick? <laughs> well, I was going to go with Kirkanos too, but I'll say uh, Starkiller because uh, <laughs> I haven't finished the game. So, Jared, I, throw, th- I threw some shade at you earlier for not finishing the game, but I'm, I'm the same dude. So I started um, 
started those games a long time ago and they're probably like a quarter of the way done. So I need to finish and read the novelizations. I didn't realize they were bestsellers. So I really want to go back and see how he's portrayed and, um, or a bestseller rather. So I'm going to go with Strikular. I, I think those books are massively underrated oh, by yeah. the fan community at large. You know, how can a number one New York, New York Times bestseller be underrated? Yeah. But the fan reception of the books has not been right stellar. But I loved reading them because I, I had never played the games before hmm. I read the books. Hmm. I had seen the buzz about them, but I prioritize books in case you don't know. Really like them. All right. Um, and then finally, who would win in a battle royale? Who would oh. win in a fight? between all these mm. bad boys we've talked about tonight, based off the information <laughs> so that you've got. We talked about their powers. We talked about, you know, what they bring to the table, some of their bigger wins. We didn't especially talk about their losses because we want to spoil things. Mm. Some of them die. Some of them don't. Uh, who would win a fight? Let's go reverse order. Freddie, your last reverse oh, order. Rick, <laughs> Rick, you're first. <laughs> oh, so me, I'm first. <laughs> yeah. A uh, big smile. I was like, ha <laughs> no. Um, all right. I will go with, with Boba Fett because um, he's a survivor. He goes head to head with Jedi. Not always well, but he's willing to. Um, and so Boba Fett. He's, he's he does. Tricky. He does get out of the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm, twice. So different, different universes. He still gets out. He's a practical man. <laughs> <laughs> Emily. Um, I think I'm going to go with Star Killer because he pulled a Star Destroyer out of the sky. And I feel like he has a really short temper because most of the people, it seems, have kind of honorable intentions. Like, I don't think that they would actually engage with mm. others. There are a couple, like, really big egos. Like, I think Dash Vendar and who is that, like, vain Jedi? Ganner Rysode? Rysode? Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like those two um, wouldn't really win because... I don't know. I have lots of reasons, but I feel like Star Killer would be probably the most likely to take down everyone else just from sheer, just like dark side. Hmm. No, and the the legend there, Sam Witwer actually did a playthrough of the Force Unleashed games with David Collins, who was sound designer mm-hmm. and um, the voice of Proxy, and then Hayden Blackman, the game developer, the, the lead, the director on the game, joined for some of those conversations as well. A few years ago, they did like a three-part playthrough of the the games and they talked about all the behind the scenes details. I'll try to find the links for that and post it in the discord there. They talked about the infamous pulling the star destroyer out of the sky move. And they said, basically you have to look at these games as legendary Hmm. in the sense of this would be like a story told about Vader's secret apprentice. And Mm. do you trust the story of the time he pulled the star destroyer out of the sky? Did he really do it? It doesn't matter. That's what people say he did. That's the way they look at it. And they were like the insiders that made the game. However, that was going to be my answer too. I think that's true. You know, if you can pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky, you're definitely way overpowered. (laughs) Um, That's part of the fun of Legends is the the force-wielding characters became kind of super-powered and um, super-heroic, overpowered in that way. I will say for tonight, since you took my answer, that I'll guess, I'll say, I'll I'll say Kier Kanos. (laughs) <laughs> because he is is unbelievably powerful in hand-to-hand combat. So if it is just, you know, no lightsabers, um, no, no Star Destroyers, no Force abilities, if we're just going to go toe-to-toe in a fight, I think he would win. 
And you got to read the comic for yourself to find out. Well, tonight has been a lot of fun. Uh, the next roundtable, if you are looking to hang out with us and join us for our upcoming shows and you want to get a head start on the reading coming up soon. Yeah, we've got a good graphic here. Uh, the October roundtable will be X-Wing Rogue Squadron. We're going to specifically be talking about the audiobook. Yes, we did cover it way back in the day, two years ago on Legends Look Back episode four, but we've come a long way since then. we got Rick and Emily. We want to hear their takes on it. We won't ask the same questions, and we will specifically be talking about that round table, the, uh, the the new audiobook there as well. Coming up in November, we're going to do Darth Bane, Path of Destruction, first book in that trilogy. We will cover the whole trilogy over the next few months. Taking a break for the December roundtable, which is we're going to cover the soon to be released, hopefully, fingers crossed, if the publishing delays don't kill us, the Boba Fett Blood Ties Omnibus. So everybody pick up your copies. Use those Utini affiliate links. You know what to do. And in the meantime, that does it for this week. Thanks for joining us on Legends Look Back. Thanks, of course, to our incredible patrons for your amazing support. We love making the show and are glad you are along for the ride. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, OK Indar on our Jedi High Council, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Sally and Chris Eilerson, Freddie C, and our newest patron, Earl Q, on our Alliance High Command. Thank you for your amazing support. Want your thoughts around the show? You can email us at legendslookbackutini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. Leave a comment on this episode on YouTube or find us on Twitter. We're at Legends Look Back, or I'm at Jared Q. Mace. Freddie? At Wake Up Freddie. Rick? At Rick underscore Grace. And Emily. Darth Daybeck. Absolutely. If you're looking to buy some of these books and want to help support the show, you can look up a book on Utini. Click the Amazon Thrift Books. Book something else is a way to buy them from independent bookstores. There's a lot of different links these days. Lots of ways to send us a few cents to help us keep the lights on. Also, if you've read the book after you've done the thing, you bought the book, you read the book, you want to say some stuff about the book, you can leave us a review right there on the book profile and let us know what you think. Remember, everybody, keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is... Teeny Broadcast.